show tonight. Got one of my good friends here I'm super excited to sit down with. You guys, welcome Colin Johnson on this show. What's up, man? What's up? How's it going? Oh, it's good, man. You might want to pull that in on you a little more since you're kind of sitting back now. So yeah, everybody lot, can hear so. you. You're, you're a little soft-spoken sometimes. Make sure we can hear him. You got him good, Biz? You saying move from hold both when I move it? Yeah. We'll get you all set up and squared away. We're rocking and rolling, but yeah. Colin realizes now that when I go to my consultations and he sets 6 o'clock as an option, why I always X-nay that now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trek. traffic, dude. Yeah, traffic is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and it leads to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just automatically just opens up and it's all good to go. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just rubbernecking or just sitting there, and they all know where they're going, but then they got to get over the last minute. They don't want to yeah. let you over. Good yeah. times. I kind of might have caused some traffic today now that you say that because – I'm not out here much. And there was a few times where I had to jump over a couple of lanes last minute. Yeah. That's, plus, I'm watching the time with the traffic. The time get closer and closer to 5:45, and I'm like, yeah. getting riskier and riskier. All good, man. Well, we're happy you made it out, man. I'm looking forward to sitting down with you tonight. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to be here. So, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background, where you're from, etc., and just kind of like let people know who you are, man. Uh, so. I'm from Dallas area. I grew up in Duncanville, Texas, which is pretty much the first city south of Dallas. Um, halfway through eighth grade, transferred to Midlothian, went there for high school, graduated, went to a college called a community college called Navarro for about a semester, then went to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas. And then as soon as I finished college, I started my tattoo apprenticeship. Um, and then... Let's see, I'm trying to skip the boring stuff. But yeah, kind of just moved around after that. Once I finished the tattoo apprenticeship, I kind of traveled around to different shops or different places to... Yeah. Uh, actually, because of some of the friends from my school, the college I went to, the people went from there, from CF&I, are from all over. So gave me a good reason and some friends to meet up with in different states, and I always wanted to travel too, so it was cool. That's cool, man. So art always a part of your life or how did we make the transition to deciding to go tattoo artist yeah i, I know you do a artist. lot of different art projects like we kind of get into that but yeah i was always an artist i um it just always interested me it's my favorite subject in school when i was younger wasn't so much interested in even other artists really or art history yeah um just creating art really um in high school through my church we did this it's called fine arts it's a like kind of a competition for all different types of skills yeah um <clears throat> so i did that and then i would sell i got to travel through that actually through the thing with the church if you pass a certain level you get to go and so other people like one of my some of my main friends in that youth group were in a band and so they're practicing when they're on this trip and they have to focus and i just had artwork so i got to not a free trip but I got to hang out and just do whatever the whole time. And then one of those days, that whole week, you go by and see how the judging went, you know? But yeah, it was fun. And then also in high school, in kind of college time, I sold artwork on Craigslist. What kind of art did you start out doing? Because, like, you do – I mean, I know because I've seen a lot of your work. And, I mean, you've tattooed a lot of my friends. That's how you and I met. But what did you start out with? Like, what was your main thing? I mean, like – so I know when I was a kid and I was really into art, you know, I was trying to like redraw comic books and, you know, redo all that kind of stuff and just go from there. Um, 
So let's see. Thinking back, I can't remember the first like style or thing I got into, but when I started getting more serious around like ninth and tenth grade, I got more serious because I found out you could take some college classes while you're still in high school. Yeah. But we had to qualify or something, so I had to do some things to make sure I could be in those classes my junior year. And so, and then that was also the same time we were doing that um, competition thing with that church. So I got into color realism with color pencils, Prismacolor pencils. And then kind of this weird abstract style, I would um, kind of take a pencil and just like sporadically move my hand and then trace over that with the hard line and create shapes. It's hard to explain. It was kind of weird. I was playing with like line weight and drop shadows and markers. Um, kind of, I like to do different things, different styles and tattooing. I've specialized in different things over the years, but you get bored or you want to try something new. And so at this point I, I like to do a few different things. Pretty versatile. I think. What are what are the what are the what are your favorite things that you like to do right now? I mean, because like I, I feel like early on most of what I saw was like what Chase has. Like you like to do the ge- geometrical, yeah, very. Uh, God, I like, wish I could remember the name of that artist that has all that. Like it's like the three D where you use a point and you trace stuff back to the point almost. Like is it MC Escher that does that? Yeah, there's a few. So that style is called trash polka. Okay. That Chase has technically, it's like a mixture. Well some of it some of it's just geometric stuff but chase comes in and is like what are we doing today (laughs) so we kind of we got a bunch of cool stuff on him that sounds so odd to me knowing chase because chase is so methodical and like planned that like i can't see him just like coming in and being like yo what what do you feel like doing today colin like i mean i can now because i know you but like just chase himself like i find that so hard to like envision that really yeah because he's so like regimented and like see that too yeah he has to be that dude does so many different with his businesses and everything else like he's just he's so regimented and everything dude i look up to him a lot yeah i've called him from here here and there for random things i'm pretty sure he answers the phone he's like wait what yeah, um, I called him one time about financial stuff. What yeah. he would recommend, you know. He's a great um, dude. But I've never heard him say a, any bad things. Not even like a bad negative, negative funny joke about his kids or his wife. Like he's he will never I know do that. that. Knows him, loves him and respects him. Yeah, and he's just always in a good mood, you know. And with dealing everything, dealing with everything he deals with as far as all the work he does and running his own business and him and his wife and his family, it's just surprising that he's not annoyed all the time with other people he's yeah. like oh, well, I, I can't i gotta focus you know you can't be in construction and get annoyed that easily with stuff like that because really? it's i oh, mean man, construction I there's always a problem yeah so you know you're always trying to figure out how to problem solve something and it comes down to communication nine times out of ten because yeah you you got to work around it or you got to find a solution so yeah i get that cool dude though well how'd you uh so you also do like a lot of like skateboards and like you do deck designs i've seen you do yeah and then uh shoes too like how'd you get into all that so i got into doing i was painting shoes right after high school a little bit but at the time there wasn't maybe there was nothing really advertised nothing that i knew of that existed to paint a shoe in the way that it would look like it came from the factory yeah and where the paint would stay 
So I only really went so far with it and just kind of played around. And then a, a buddy of mine, David Nash, shout out to my buddy David that I worked with in uh, Deep Ellum for years, probably four or five years. Yeah. He kind of opened me up to the, he got really into it, um, opened up the whole world. And once I saw him do one pair and saw the quality of not just his skill level, but the quality of the products that existed, I, was, I love shoes also. So yeah. I always love shoes and like jackets and hoodies and stuff. So um, got into it. He pretty much, as he was learning all these things, he was teaching me. Um, it's just so much fun, but man, it takes a long time to do it in a, in a way that it, you could like kick a brick wall and it won't come off, you know? Yeah, I have a buddy that started so, doing that for like his daughter's soccer team. Like he started yeah. playing with her cleats. Yeah. And now like the whole team wants him to like do custom cleats for him and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's ate up with it. Yeah, dude, it takes a long time, man. Uh, I've got it streamlined now, so when I finally get back into it, hopefully I can um, lower my prices on stuff. But really, it was just for fun. But it, like one pair would take. There's not a pair I've done that took less than a hundred hours. A hundred hours. Yeah. Holy shit. There's the Air Swiss ones, the cheese-looking ones. Those took. Yeah. I learned a lot doing those, but so it took longer. But those took probably 250 to 300 hours to paint one pair of shoes. That's crazy. So. Yeah, but I'd like to get them. I figured out a process where I can do maybe three to five pairs in the same time it takes to do one. I just need my a ready space or a space that's ready to go. Yeah. Um, so hopefully once the studio opens, we'll do that. But the shoes and then the skateboards was just graphic design after tattooing for a while. Like the way you make designs or take designs that people bring. The goal is to make you got to change a few things because not all good artwork will make a good tattoo. You got you want it to yeah. age well and have good contrast to the skin. So, a lot of things from tattooing, I learned are the same principles in graphic design too. So, I just kind of slowly wanted to play with other <coughs> things, or if it was a slow season, have something else to do, and then um, kind of got into it that way. I don't do it too much anymore. It's pretty yeah. difficult to maintain to deal with it's amazing how uh, you put clients. that stuff together i mean like i'm super excited like you guys have heard me talk about this a little bit so i'm currently going through laser to get the one that i hate on my back lightened up so it doesn't affect his artwork but we've been working on this for what a couple months now yeah just the design just the our design time. aspect of well, it's it a big tattoo yeah i mean it's it's big and it's got a lot of detail in it but like just watching how you i mean it's super impressive to me just how you i can come in and talk to you about an idea and the pieces and then the way you're able to help me put those together in something that'll work in a tattoo based off all your knowledge and your artist expertise and then watching you work your ipad like a madman like pulling in artwork and stuff and like i mean i'm like it's just fascinating to watch that and it comes together and we're on like our second full round of that because like we came up with one idea and then after it set on me for a while i was like eh, don't think that's like quite where i want it and like versus having you waste a bunch of hours like then transforming that into the actual artwork mm -hmm. we kind of went back and redid that process again and uh i get to see that tonight so i'm super excited about that Heck yeah yeah, well, we'll we'll share that process uh, once I actually go to start getting the ink and like throw some of that up there. Yeah, dude. Did you have you? Oh, well, yeah, we have some before I, photos I, I from think before it'll the be laser, cool. huh? Yeah. At least I do. Yeah, so. you have you have a few of those. 
Yeah, it'll be fun to document that. Laser sucks. Just for the record, it's not as bad as anybody thinks. It's absolutely worth doing, in my opinion, but, like, it's not fun. Yeah. Like, it's been so long since I've had a tattoo that I don't know if... I like I don't I don't remember the tattoo hurting that much, like I mean it's it's really? hot like. Yeah, to me it just feels really, it's just an uncomfortable, because I felt my, at least for me it, I felt it like inside of me like it felt like it was yeah someone poking me with a needle like barely but an inch in me, like getting to that point I didn't feel it on the surface yeah so the first few little pop, 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 you know you're like oh okay this is fine and then you, you start being like. They, oh, like, the tease heck? you, though. Like, they, they're like, oh, we're going to try a couple things, and it's just quick little snaps. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this isn't going to be that bad. But then when they just start going, yeah. then you're like, whoa. Like, did you, do you let them just go? I'm curious. Do you let them go, like, all the way? Like, I don't know which one you've had removed or where you've had working. So mine's all the way across my shoulder blades. They did, like, half, and she's like, you need a break? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll take a break. They put more ice on you. Yeah. But man, when they start for that second half, that's the one that really gets you. Like trying to grunt through that. Like yeah. I, I'm almost tempted this next round to just like just go. Like yeah. don't stop. Like just do the whole thing and then let's go. Cause as soon as it's over with, it didn't bother me at all. Like I was worried because I did that one right before Halloween. And I had to put on costume and stuff like that and like didn't bother me at all. It wasn't an irritant issue or anything yeah. like that. So it's not bad. It's amazing how much it takes off to like even like first go round. I know. We last time I saw you, I wanted to, I specifically was like, "Don't let me forget. I'm gonna. I want to see yeah, how and good I totally it's looking." Forgot. Well, then I forgot too, yeah. of course. But, but yeah, back to what you were saying. It's it's nice, right? Like, you have a big tattoo, so you kind of it demands it. But the consultations are, I think I've found that people really like them, especially for bigger tattoos. Yeah. But for smaller things too, I like to just you know a lot of tattooers for a while have been taking photos. And then we'll design on top of the photo. But then you spend a little while when they come in, you got to warp it or kind of tweak it to actually fit the shape. Yeah. But doing the tracings and the body mapping and then knowing that we have one consultation, then we book another one. Usually it'd be like the next one's a tattoo. So then you yeah. come in and if it's a big tattoo, you're already stressing about the design and then it gets real awkward. If you're, you want to change things that take a while and then you're just sitting there forever and then it's like, now we might yeah. not even get started or you might there might honestly some people i feel like hopefully not with me but i've done this personally is like i it was tense in the moment i didn't want to make any more changes and i regret it yeah i'm happy with the tattoo but I, there's one i wish he would have moved i would have had him move a little bit yeah so well, why don't you plug your studio real quick tell everybody where you're at with the name of studios and all that cool. just so people can find you like we'll do this a couple times just because I know people are going to pop in and out of here, but I want to make sure people know where to find you. Cool. So, yeah, you can mainly get a hold of me through my Instagram. It's Colin Johnson Artist. And then the studio, it's not open yet. I'm in a private studio right now and um, over by the Bishop Arts, if you're familiar with that area in Dallas. Um, so the studio will be called Cloak Collective, and it's going to be kind of a co-working, not just a tattoo studio, but a co-working space for creative people. So yeah. we'll have different types of leasing options available for anywhere from a hobbyist to like a professional creative any of any kind that'll be really cool man yeah it'd be interesting to see who all you bring into that because i i see a lot of people you network with and and do stuff with just from your social media accounts and that should be really cool like i'm interested in checking that out got a few cool people on board so yeah you got a few yeah well 
I want to say like, uh, th this has been the biggest pleasure of working with you because I had a really bad experience right before I came to you because I had actually forgotten and then I saw Chase get some more work done and I was like man why didn't I call Colin and I was like shit because we had talked years ago I mean at least two years ago I mean it might have even been before COVID and because I had some of these ideas and I was still trying to figure out how I wanted to put them together and stuff but I'm not going to name any names, put anybody on the bus, but a guy came really highly recommended for black and gray. And a lot of people, man, I went in, paid a deposit. Cause like this dude stopped tattooing a guy when I had an appointment with him and I was right on time, you know, a little early, but like stops tattooing a guy, leaves this guy over there on the table, comes and consults with me for like 30, 45 minutes, throws some stuff together kind of similar process to what you do but like in in just like the photoshopping and like putting the ideas kind of together initially and doing it and it's like and back for this guy and it's like i even offered to pay more money if that's what it took to like get it to a further along his view of how it was going to look and the guy mm -hmm. he basically just like refunded my money and was like i don't want to do this tattoo anymore and then took my idea and posted it on his instagram reel and like this this design is up for up for grabs and i'm like what a dick like yeah, that sucks. you know like just not cool but like you know i had already made some decisions based off how that was laying out like i don't think i want to go down this road. i mean so it was a good learning experience for me but i highly recommend especially somebody that's like got an idea and you really want to work through it with somebody and you're not really sure how it's all going to go together find somebody like colin to like really sit down with because you know you've been super easy to work with i mean i've I've consulted with you and spent, I mean, I don't think either of the sessions where we sat down to work on the idea were any less than like two or three hours a piece. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even begun tattooing yet. Right. We don't even have like, I mean, you have it now, but I mean like, and we're going to sit down and go over that later tonight. But like, we haven't even gotten past that yet. And like, you've just been so comforting and like putting it together and like, Hey man, if you're hesitant about this, like let's let's take some time, really think about it, look at this, and then like the coaching too of like, hey, remember, I'm just using clip art here to get stuff positioned right, and then the artistry comes in. Yeah, too, then it gets drawn. Yeah. Where you're actually spending the time drawing it up of what's actually gonna go on me. So I think that's that's crucial. I mean, if somebody refuses to do that with you, like my advice would be go find another tattoo artist. I mean, especially if you're doing something big because laser's not fun if it ends up sucking or you decide you don't like it years later. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't want to go through all that. So if you're going to put something on your body like that, mm -hmm. I just think like you really need to do that. Like what are, what are some other big things for you? Like I know you just put out a really cool clip of like, I think it was like three things not to do when you're coming to get a tattoo. Yeah. Like, and it amazes me that people do this because, but, but then again, I did that. Like the one on my back that I hate is from a shirt design that I carried around for like three or four years. That's awesome. A guy had done a badass rendering of my buddy's daughter on his arm. I saw it. We're hanging out with the guy drinking tequila and shit and like the dude's like well let's do it like why are you why are you still waiting and i'm like cool let's do it and we that tattoo was literally done on a lounge chair in my mom's backyard at night under a patio light 
And the dude only had his tracing needle with him, which is probably why the majority of it's really jacked up. Because it's like even the shading was done with the tracing with, needle. Like a liner? Yeah, like a liner. Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah, that's why mine has all these gaps and empty voids and it's just like it's crap but like i was also wasted on tequila yeah and bled like crazy and like the worst part of that was like you know you hit certain nerves and stuff in those areas especially doing a whole tattoo like that with not all the right equipment yeah like my fingers were going numb toes were going numb here and there and i was like it was like literally the most miserable experience that's why it's taken me so long to agree and figure out what i wanted to do with my back and then i was like all right now it's get this removed partially and go on down the road. But like, yeah. what are some things you would advise people on? Like do's don'ts. Well, don't get tattooed like yeah. that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely don't someone's do that. house outside, especially. No, I would kind of educate yourself a little bit. So depending on where you are or wherever you are, Google tattoo shops around you then sometimes the site will have all the artists in their portfolios on the website or, or they'll link you to their personal pages but just find artists actually you know what scratch that first maybe just google different styles of tattooing and then you'll see kind of a style that you like because you probably if you're thinking about getting a tattoo you already have something in mind so an artist is going to ask you what style so i would maybe look that look into this different styles there's there's not a ton so it's not too overwhelming and then look into the different artists in your area. Find someone who's... Sorry, that's my phone. I should turn that off. No, you're good. I thought I turned it off. I turned it on. But find someone whose work you like that's kind of in that that's in a style that you like. And then usually you want to try and see... Most people will post healed photos too. You want to see what their work looks like healed. Um, and then reach out to them and be, just <clears throat> clearly communicate because you wouldn't just expect from a tattooer what m me and Garrett have been going through um, typically so if you're want, if you're if it's a big design you're wanting to see it first and all that and you kind of want to check in then I just communicate that with that communicate that to the tattooer first because most tattooers are going to maybe do a consultation with you or they'll feel like they got enough from you through the messages and then they'll have you come on the day of the actual tattoo so if that idea stresses you out, maybe ask them first if you can, or ask them how they do it first. And if they don't do it the way that you're most comfortable with, just ask them if they're cool with you coming in for a consultation and then potentially an, um, another consultation to see the design, but expect to pay for their time for both of those. So usually you're gonna pay a consultation's free and then you pay for the a deposit for the tattoo appointment. But if you're doing more than one consultation, you might you'll you might end up paying, which is more than fair because you're getting yeah. hours of their time. Yeah, and to really work on tattooers it. Tattooers are underpaid until the tattoo starts. So if it, yeah, like I think we did like a 150 deposit. So if it's 150, that does come out of the price of the tattoo. So it really just covers you if someone no call no shows. You at least got some of your time covered for designing yeah. something. But um, yeah, those are the main things I would tell somebody. Look into the, no kind of. Educate yourself a little bit on the style you're wanting. Um, research the artist around you. You might have to travel. It is worth it if you can't find anybody or if you find someone but they're acting kind of weird or putting off a weird vibe or something. Um, you might have to travel, but it's worth it. I mean, it's going to be on you forever. How much are you going to spend on a nice pair of shoes or a purse or a car? All of that can be stolen. 
So yeah, I would never do the one where you just stolen, walk lost, in. borrowed, or anything. It's forever and it's, it's there for people to see. Yeah, the walk it's in, like unless it's something small, I just I couldn't fathom doing that again. I mean, like I did my tribal band on my arm like that, like. Yeah. But I knew what I wanted, and you yeah, know, I, I feel like no something like that that that's easy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I I feel like especially if you're doing something bigger. Or you want to plan out your sleeve or, yeah, you know, something, something like that, that yeah. then, like, you definitely want to put some time into that because you've probably spent X amount of time processing that in your own mind and figuring out what you want. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. the artist the same ability to do that as well because you guys have all experienced that. I love the other one you said on there, too. Um, let's touch on this because I know it was one of the things I asked you, which I think is really funny that Chase didn't even know about this until like his last tattoo, which is one of like umpteen you've done on him now. Yeah. But uh, what about the painless tattoo creams and stuff like that? Maybe touch the on that for stuff? everybody. Yeah, the numbing stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chase didn't know. I forgot. I, I, it's funny. I didn't realize he didn't know until we used it. I've been like I've been tattooing you ten years. I can't believe we haven't. I haven't been using it that long. He's going to be hardcore like my brother, though. Like, my little brother, he's like, no, man, you can't do any of that. Like, that's part of the process. you got to go through the pain of, like, doing it and this and that. Like, But that's – he has that real – like, it's, uh, like, therapy for him getting tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have that. There's always those people in any group that are like, do it this way. Yeah. It's the right way. Um, The wrong way is to get what I said in that video. Don't just – Unfortunately, all these companies are advertising straight to the clients now through Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So people have discovered that numbing creams exist. We've known for a while. Um, Some artists use them, some don't. There are two different types. There's the kind you put on before that usually goes on for up to an hour or longer um, to soak in. And then there's the kind that's weaker, but you put it on once the skin's been broken. So once you've done the line work or some shading and it soaks into where you've tattooed. And it's effective about a quarter to a half inch out from that broken skin um i that's the kind i use i don't think there's there are some that people both are okay to use right the ones that are on i've known multiple people who have told me they've tried those exact brands that have been popping up on instagram yeah it's not just those no hate to those there's a bunch of new ones you know but um and they had no issues but um, I personally used a numbing cream before, and while I was tattooing, the dude's skin started to fall off. That's insane. Yeah, it was a, a pre-numbing, and there's a whole story that goes in behind that, so obviously we stopped tattooing. Um, but maybe that made me a little biased against them, but I do use them. But the ones that you put on after you've already started tattooing, they're a lot weaker, but they're just as effective, if not more, because they go into broken skin. Yeah. Um, the big thing about the main thing i'm getting off a little bit but the reason you don't want to put one on before is because as tattooers we all have our different preferences and products that we use and really you want the less room for error the better and if you've used some product i've never heard of or don't know anything about and all you have to tell me is that you saw it on instagram and it has four star reviews like that doesn't mean anything to me yeah you know what i mean like if you're going in to have any i mean we're not doctors but we do break the skin and it and deal with some of the same issues or can so you never go to the doctor and be like don't worry doc i went ahead and uh i know you wanted me to drink that shake and not eat food last night but i had this one meal that they said it's okay to have yeah like go home 
Yeah. We'll reschedule, you know? Like, yeah. And most tattooers will, if you come in with numbing or try and hide it, like you put it on and tried to wash it off right before you came in, it doesn't really work. We can tell. Um, then they'll send you home. So, and I usually will too. So I just ask your artist if you're worried about the pain to make a short story long. Ask your artist if you're worried about the pain, if there are any options, if, if they do numbing cream, if, and they'll, they'll tell you from there. You'll notice a lot of my answers are going to be just communicate with the artists, you know, before. Yeah, I mean, and that's really the best way to do it because we've had all these conversations. Yeah. So I feel like that's important. Not everybody has those with their artists. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. Or they wait until it's too late. A lot of people feel bad or like they're being a bother because you're yeah. like, oh, this guy's probably been asked this a thousand times. Well, yeah, it's our job, you know. Yeah. And not that I'm always in the best mood and haven't been a jerk to someone before, but it's a good way to test something out too. Because if you have, if you ask three questions, it took three questions to piss this person off. Like I don't want to work. You don't want to work with them anyway. Yeah. Because then you're gonna feel like you can't make any changes, or you won't feel fully comfortable. And the, the really important part, which is the design. So, you know, it's kind of a little tester to see how you work with the person too. Yeah. To ask a few questions and stuff. Absolutely. So what's some of the like crazier experiences you've had? Like with aside tattooing? from skin falling off, I mean that, I mean, that yeah. probably takes the cake of someone coming in with numbing cream and their skin just rolling off. Like, yeah, well, to be fair, that I, wasn't even, that wasn't his fault. Yeah. It was the numbing cream. Yeah. I was a beginner tattooer. Um, and the place I was working, the owner had a numbing cream that he recommended for all of us to use in the shop. And it was that one. I think, Found, we found out later that it was like his friend was a pharmacist who was trying to get a company going for making numbing creams and so that was like some of his first batches and oh. they were too strong apparently yeah yeah if you look into lidocaine the main ingredient like anything that numbs you it's really really dangerous even like in products like that like any product can only have legally like four percent yeah maybe five but it's like with lidocaine um, not with tattooing really but maybe like from what my brother-in-law is an anesthesiologist and we've talked about it and yeah. had conversations and stuff and it's it's like you give someone lidocaine it's okay it's okay it's okay and then they're dead like there's no like oh it, we're, there's a tipping point now you know what I mean like your organs will start to shut down like I don't I almost want to say it numbs your body that's probably not correct but right. I remember how he described it to me but lidocaine just a very dangerous and serious thing um so you definitely don't want to be put soaking your skin in it. I mean, people will come in. The big thing is, is it changes the texture of your, it makes your skin kind of rubbery. Some of them. Yeah. So even if it won't hurt the tattoo, it's, you're going to probably pay. If you're paying by the hour, you might've just made your tattoo take 25, 50% longer, you know? So anyway, that's yeah. crazy. Numbing cream. Good and bad. What's the worst tattoo you've been ever asked to do that uh, you've done or re refused to do? I won't do them. Like, I'll can pretty good at nicely convincing people that your idea sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no but um, I've done, okay, what have I done? Usually when people ask me that, my answer is not necessarily the, a bad tattoo. Two things. Real quick, the first one, I had a guy ask me if I would do this tattoo for cheaper if I would do it the way in the photo. Because in the photo, it was like, Kurt Cobain's ta someone's tattoo it was a horrible tattoo yeah and I was like well the it, just so you know the price is because it's going to look like a good tattoo it's same design we'll do that design but obviously that one wasn't done well it sucks but we'll, it'll look right he's like well will it be cheaper can we do it for lower than the minimum if 
we make it look bad. He wanted me to intentionally make intentionally it look bad. Intentionally make it look like yeah, shit. Yeah. But the other story is, so I had a buddy who, he turned 18, he wanted to get his first tattoo and didn't want his mom to know about yeah. the tattoos. And he's redheaded, lots of freckles. Yeah. And uh, I want to say his name, but I don't want to get him in trouble. It's been 10 years, but maybe his mom <laughs> still doesn't know. But you know who you are. Um, so he didn't want his mom to know. So he just got one more freckle on his forearm. He got a brown, little brown dot, little skin tone dot. And then coming out of his hairline on his forehead, it was like a jagged, like quarter inch little jagged white line. Because white kind of heals if it's like a little line, looks like a cat scratch. Yeah, like a scar. You know? like yeah. And it kind of fades away over time. So he got that and was like, yeah, she'll never know. She'll never know. I was so excited, dude. Well, he had like three to friends a freckle. with him. Three friends with the setup took like 10 times longer than the tattoo. And him and his, his buddies were so excited, you know? It was cool. Yeah. We were all excited. He's the kind of guy who gets people hyped, so he got me hyped up, too. It's like, heck yeah, this dot, you know? But, That's yeah. awesome. I can't think of a bad tattoo. As far as messing one up, people always ask that. I, I've done that once. So the wrong date I put on some lady for her grandmother who passed away. I think it was a, it was a death or maybe it was a birth. Uh, but she gave me the wrong date. She gave me the wrong date, so. Oh, man. Um, I guess it wasn't my fault, but you still feel really bad. Yeah. The tattoo turned out better, though, because the way she wanted it, what it was, I think it was two hands holding a bird. She wanted no background, so the hands just looked very obviously just, like, floating. Yeah. But it's realism, and you just, ch nothing's around the main object. It kind of, it needs a little background, you know? And uh, so we ended up doing, like, some dark shading around it, and then, which covered the, the words underneath it. And then redid the date like a little bit bigger and a little bit fancier. Yeah, and it looked better, so it kind of worked out. But that's cool. That I think that's one of the hard things because when we started talking about like, because like, I mean, I'm doing my whole back. Yeah. And it's like, there's a main piece, but it's like filling in the voided spaces, and it's like even I, I remember, I remember asking you, like, is this unusual that like. I'm like, I haven't had a tattoo in like 20 years and I'm doing my entire back. Like, cause I, I mean, I plan to start my sleeve and like other things like that. It's like, should I be doing that instead? And you're like, well, actually it's actually the opposite of that. Like most people put them where you can't see them all the time. Right. And like, I, I don't know, like that just seemed like completely ass backwards to me. Really? <laughs> I mean, maybe, that's, maybe that's just me, but I know like, that's the other thing that's been really hard to visualize too like until you've started like really pulling everything together in was like filling the other spaces and and things not i think one of the things you said to me too was something along the lines of like you don't want a tattoo that like you have to be right up on to be able to like figure out what it is yeah you know like you want to be able to tell without having to like get right up on somebody what it is like it it doesn't need to be too small or it needs to have enough detail to make that work yeah and that's not always easy to visualize if i guess if you're not an artist yeah yeah that's kind of what i always tell people it's like you want it to be there's nothing worse than someone being like that's so cool what is it yeah getting close to me like what is it you're like oh you were just being nice you don't even know what it is you don't even know if it's nice you know what i mean yeah but yeah i always i try and do that with my designs tattooing in general you that's kind of the main filter so to speak when you someone brings in a cool piece a cool painting and they want it tattooed 
you're the changes you make to it, you're simplifying it in a way that it'll age well, and be which at the same time you're doing that through contrast really. So you're at the same time making it more striking from a distance. And I, I like to really take advantage of that. I'd like to I like my tattoos or any of my artwork to be as clear as possible from as far away as possible. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah, I know. Like my bad experience on which isn't the back one actually was the arm. The guy told me to use like a certain lotion, and I think I got the right one, but I got like scented or something. Like it had something in it. Oh yeah. My tattoo, like this one on my arm, literally raised up like a quarter of an inch off my arm. I mean, it looked like I had been branded. Like that was not fun. That was not comfortable. Waiting for that to heal and like figuring out what was causing that. Yeah, the scented lotion, man, it's not good. Unscented lotion. Yeah. I usually recommend Aquaphor and a couple things, but unscented lotion's good. But yeah, people will get that, or a lot of people get the fancy, like the medicated. They think it would be better. Yeah. Reasonably. I mean, I would yeah. think that too, but it's it's like too it's too strong. Yeah. I think what it is. And the scented stuff stings. I'm amazing. Something like, about what's in it. You yeah, know? and like laser, they tell you just to put Vaseline on it. Do they? Yeah. Like yeah. Just, just Vaseline for the first like 72 hours or something like that. Yeah. We're kind but of overcomplicating. You really that just want really to take help. care of a tattoo like a sunburn. Yeah. Different styles need different care. So I tell different people, depending on what they're getting, they'll be confused sometimes. Like, did you change? I'm like, no, it's just because this one we did more super solid saturated color versus you did really kind of soft black and gray before. So it's more, depending on the trauma yeah. of the skin, you kind of adapt how you heal. But unscented lotion for do sure do you prefer doing more color more black and gray or what, what do you prefer I don't doing no i always tell myself i really my main thing is like color neo-traditional but i've really been enjoying black and gray realism a lot lately i've always enjoyed it but yeah the process has been a lot a lot of fun lately um i've been doing it more because once you start doing something and that's what you post you kind of end People up doing that for a while so but yeah man i like the kind of funky color cool color scheme neo-traditional stuff old school american traditional love doing that i like switching it up um, yeah you've it's good for my adhd i think yeah helps i mean you, you you i've definitely seen a lot of different stuff and i think that's one of the reasons i really wanted to work with you too just because you you combine a lot of different techniques and different things together that i think ultimately gets you better artwork which I think is cool. Like, I appreciate it. doesn't necessarily have to be like that you just went completely one style. Like, I think that gives you more artistic freedom, too. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. You well, set out to learn something, and you think that, that, oh, that sucked. I didn't learn anything. But you store it in your mind, and then later on, you're like, oh, that's actually really useful for this completely different thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you always learn something, but... All right, how, okay. I was watching you do that. I'm going to try it. All right. I can do it with this one? Yep, you can do it with that one. Here, we'll, we'll do Cigar Lighting 101 since uh, we're doing this now, which reminds me I need to talk about this anyways because I always forget and then people get on me later. So just like kind of don't, you don't want the flame like directly hitting the end of the cigar. Just kind of keep it in a circular motion. Get it to where it's all like lighting up real good and then you can kind of blow on it and then... Take a few puffs like that, and you'll get a good, solid amber like that, and you'll have the whole ring going. Okay. That, does that sound satisfying? I wonder if they can hear that. You get it, yeah. 
Okay. Just to get. This thing's cool. I just refilled them. Oh, oh, there, there you go. go. I'm gonna say sometimes you have to shake them a little bit. I just refilled them for show. So for those of you that always ask, what are we smoking? What are we drinking? Colin likes a, a lighter cigar because he's not a big cigar smoker, but he does enjoy him. So he's got the Principal LE White Label, which you guys have seen me give guests on here. It's a great first cigar. It's a great, I don't smoke cigars all the time. It's light. It's got great flavor. It's, it's something that most people can like really enjoy and not be too overwhelming. So yeah, now just get some draw on it and keep the fire on it for a second you're good i mean that's already lit up really good so you're probably solid there i'm smoking a davidoff churchill genevieve um i was smoking uh the alfonso number one the limited uh this is the really limitada nice. <clears throat> it's really nice yeah it's a good solid just Light, not yeah, too. Light it's very approachable, say. easy cigar. This Alfonso is gonna be like this. This is gonna be a little stronger, but uh, one I thought you'd enjoy too. These, uh, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Nelson Alfonso's cigars. Um, I like the way it looks. Is yeah, that how it, it comes I mean, that short. Yeah, this is a number one on size wise, like what they call it. Like it's just a little sturdy. This thing will smoke for an hour though. Really? Yeah, like some of them like like will smoke faster than others. But what causes that? How dense? How tight? They how it's wrapped? Um, the binder, everything on it. Uh, Is it shorter because it's stronger? No, not necessarily. Like uh, they just offer for people. Like sometimes shorter can be. I only have forty-five minutes to smoke a cigar, so I'm going to grab this number one, and that's going to be about a forty-five-minute cigar. Okay. You know, something like this, uh, you, you know, the one you have, like, you can smoke that for an hour, hour and a half, depending on how you smoke cigars. Gotcha. So, and, you know, and then there's some larger ones that could be two-hour cigars. Really? You know, like, it just depends. How much time do you have? You know, it's almost like meditation. Like, you know, you're, you're going to dedicate time to sit down and enjoy the cigar. So, like, how long do you have? So, that's, you know, they have different ring gauges, and then, you know, you get into different things. Like, you wanted to try the V-cut tonight. Um, so we gave you a V cut on yours. I cut most of mine straight. Depending on the cigar, there's a few cigars that I do prefer a V cut on, but it just kind of depends. And then as far as what we're drinking, Colin's going with this very rare Pappy Dr. Pepper. That's Texas nice. edition. Um, yes. That's his preferred drink choice there tonight. And then uh, I've got over here, you guys see me bring this one out before. I was in the mood for some cigar blends. So this is Joseph Magnus. Um, this is batch 53. Thank you, Blake, for the awesome trade. Um, that's one of my favorite go-tos. And then I, I'm going to be honest about this other one. So Don, that you guys saw in the episode last week, suggested I try this again. This is the Peg Leg Porker. This is a 12-year. I didn't like this when I first opened it. it. It didn't work with me real well. I didn't didn't really care for it. Once it opened up and breathed a little bit, I really like it now. I'm glad Don talked me into going back and trying it again because I, I almost just said, man, take the bottle. If you like this crap, like, you can have it. Like, just go. But it's, it's a really good, good bottle to go down. He has an eight-year. I haven't tried that yet, but they're, they're excellent bottles to go down. I like the label. 
I like the packaging. It's cool. There's some story like he's like uh, the guy that did that. Like I want to say is like military vet lost his leg, hence the peg leg porker name that he decided to go with. That's and, cool. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a good bottle, man. Uh, like I said, I did not. I'll be honest, I didn't like it the first time I had it. It was really bold and just kind of in your face, and that's usually not what I prefer to that degree, but. And I know my friend Don that was on, that's, uh, that's kind of what he likes. He likes that real bold, really kind of has some bite to it. So I, when he first said it, I was kind of like, ah, I think that's probably why I didn't like it. But it, it's opened up nicely since it's been uh, sitting on my shelf for a while. Nice. To whiskey? Yep. I like whiskey. Peg leg. Yeah. That's a cigar blend where they finish it in lots of different barrels to really give it a blend where it just goes well with lots of cigars. That's Those cool. are my favorites. That's probably the only ones I kind of chase still is like finding good cigar blend bourbons. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't really buy much anymore. Unless it's one of my good buddies club picks and then usually I'll jump in and support the local clubs. That's cool. Yeah. How many podcasts have you had now? How many episodes? How many episodes? This is what, 49? How long you been doing them? So this is, uh, we're right about what, the year and a half mark biz? We started in September, was it September of last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah, September of last year we started. So we've done a full calendar year and it's December. So yeah, we, we do one a week on average. So you know, in just a year and a half, 40, 49, you said? 49. Dang. 49 episodes. So once episodes. you started, you just decided you wanted to, do, wanted to do it and then just scheduled and full, went full into it right away? Yeah, man. I just, I mean, you got to build a following and you got to like just go after it. So Whose podcast, what was it? Was it a podcast you were watching? Did you watch a bunch and you were like slowly convinced or did you see I one liked episode you were? Yeah, I know. I, I liked podcasts. <clears throat> And, you know, I watched, like, a lot of the ones that, like, everybody watches, you know, Joe Rogan and stuff like that. And I'd listen to him while I was driving because I drive a lot for work, Same. you know. So I, I'd listen to random podcasts. Um, uh, what are a couple others? You know, I, I like Aubrey Marcus, Tim Ferriss for a while, depending on who's on and what they're talking about. You know, I could get into some of those. Uh, Two Bears, One Cave. I love that one. My little brother turned me on to that one. Yeah. That's just, that's Burt Kreischer and, uh, man, this is going to kill me. Tom Segura. Yeah. And man, those dudes are off the chain. I that just, if I need to be put in a good mood and just laugh about some like nonsense, that's what I'll throw on. Yeah. But so to fully answer that, I tried doing like a, like a blog for a while and I was too Mm -hmm. analytical in my writing. Like I could not put it out there consistently like i'd spend hours trying to write something and then i'd go eh that's not good enough like i can't post that yeah so that was like very short-lived and then uh the cigar lounge that i'm a member at industrial cigars um which we're filming as you can see at my house again because the remodel is still fully underway um the space that you guys normally see me in under there is a ginormous storage room right now and is packed floor to ceiling wall to wall so there is no way we could pull that off tonight but uh 
those guys, when I started up there, I was trading bourbon knowledge for cigar knowledge because I was real novice with cigars. So like I was teaching the guys about bourbon. I started helping run some of the bourbon club stuff that they were doing up there and kind of traded that for cigar knowledge. And uh, the guys that, uh, that own the shop up there, the Frakes, they have a couple different podcasts. They have one called Saturday, the shop that they do every uh, Saturday morning with Brandon and his dad, Dave. Um, that's a shorter format one. And then they do uh, Cigar Talk Live, which is now Bad Words. Um, they do that one every Tuesday night. And they asked me to be on that one night. And man, I fell in love with the format. Like I was like, this is so cool. Like I can just sit have cool conversation with people and I was meeting all these people and have a pretty cool circle of friends and network that you know just have a drink smoke a cigar and like we were all talking about stuff that I was like man people could learn so much if they were like listening to these stories or like got out of their own box a little bit and you know like went out and tried to learn something yeah so I just I asked Brandon about it. Then they had me do it a second time. Like within a month, like somebody canceled or something. He's like, you want to hop on again tonight? I'm like, sure. So I hopped back on a second time and I was like, all right, I got to do this. Like, it was just like, I have to do this. So then I asked Brandon, I was like, yo, how can I make this work? And he's like, talk to Biz. Biz and I started talking and like instantly built up a friendship you know i'd already known biz a little bit from the lounge and biz is kind of like yeah yeah man if you want to do this you know when you get your shit ready you know you let me know but i'm down and i was like oh i'm ready man like i'm telling you like you give me 30 45 days i'm gonna like put this together and like map this out like i'll come holler at you i was like so keep your schedule clear for this and he's like yeah 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 man come talk to me when you're ready and literally like a month later i was like i'm ready like let's go like let's set all this up and we just started doing it, man. It's been a learning process. Like, it was not easy. It's still not easy. It takes a lot of extra time. You know, AI is really helping for someone like me that this isn't my full-time job. I'm not, like, selling something necessarily. So, like, my business doesn't depend on it, like me selling on here. So... You know, I feel like people that are selling like a certain thing, like if you're a gun guy, you know, like you can do a podcast on guns and push business to your your gun store or whatever it is. Or you're a bourbon club and you're pushing bourbon like that's really easy to do. But when you're just trying to educate people and share stories and knowledge, you know, it, it's been a different path, I think. It, well, but AI is really helping because there's like, I just got a new program and it's helping me get the short edits because I do long form content. You know, we're, we're going to stay here for an hour and a half to two hours and chat with everybody. People don't have that attention span anymore. Yeah. And they want that short TikTok video. They want that Instagram reel, this and that. Well, I didn't have the time or the budget to have somebody just edit two hours of content every week to create all that now there are ai programs that'll do that for you that are very reasonably priced especially if you shop for them on black friday highly recommend that and uh i just started a trial with uh one of the episodes we did a few weeks ago uh one of the videos we put out some minute long little clip it's already got 1500 views so you know nice. finding little things like that help a bunch i think that's going to really help grow the audience and you know get this into 
more people watching. Yeah. Because no cool. one gives you the time of day, really, until you get, like, a certain amount of followers, sponsors, you know, stuff like that. But getting a sponsor, you better have 10,000-plus followers, and then people will talk to you about that. Yeah. No one's going to go with a 180 YouTube subscribers, you know? Like, it just yeah. doesn't push doesn't push the weight yet. And people say the more subscribers, followers, whatever you have, the quicker you get more. It's mm -hmm. harder to get. It's hardest to get to a hundred or a thousand. Then it's easier to get to ten thousand. Yeah, once to, you yeah. cross that threshold and you the hit the algorithms, the getting it and figuring out what is doing that. And I, I truly believe that if you're a long form, long content, long form, you've got to take the time to do the short reel, the short stuff, because that's that's appealing. Because someone will watch a minute clip and go damn, I loved what Colin said right there. Now they're like, well, I wonder what else he said. Then they'll go back and start listening to the episode. You know, you throw enough of those little reels out, and they now they're interested in you, yeah. you know, because they want to know more about what you said. Now they'll sit down, and they'll download the two-hour episode and listen to it 30 minutes here and there on their way to and from work or while they're on the treadmill at the gym, whatever. Yeah. So you got to figure out ways to do that stuff. I, I think that's the hardest part. That's the biggest learning curve. Wouldn't you agree, Biz? I do. Yeah. It seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, they're cool, man. Like, I mean, what do you think of them so far? I mean, I know you've done a couple recently. Like, uh, Well, being on it, it's fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. Watching them is just as fun. Yeah. It just seems like it'd be a fun thing to do. It's like I'm jealous of most of the people I watch are probably comedians on their podcast, but especially for them, some of them make more money doing the podcast. Yeah. And just they, you're... Imagine like making more money doing that than all the things you just don't have to do is what I'm saying, I guess. Like they yeah. don't have to do all the traveling, be away from their families. You can just have someone on. Maybe you have to travel if you're a guest. Mm -hmm. You just hang out with your friends and do this and talk and people just want to hear it. Like it's crazy. It's You're just talking about random. Some things are just, some podcasts are just the most random stuff. Yeah. Especially it could be whatever. Rogans, you know? Yeah. It's always just whatever. Um, people love it it's and like, what amazed me how much knowledge he has i mean like that dude knows a good amount about a lot of shit i mean like look at all the different guests he has i mean like and again i think certain things on the web make that easier in today's world now because say you were an astrophysicist and you were my buddy and i was like you were coming on my show and you were not gonna sit down like how am I going to ask you questions about that? Like, I don't know shit about that. Right. Like, but I could tap into chat GPT now and say, give me 10 of the most intriguing questions to ask an astrophysicist. And it's going to pop out some shit. And I could literally like just sit here and ask you those questions. Like that's AI is crazy. Dude. It's I'm nuts. excited and terrified. All the, the things you hear Elon Musk say about it. Mm -hmm. Every time he talks about it, he's like, First off, he's like, yeah, we've thought about creating this an engine. They created one, too. I forget what it's called, but it's like I've been, I thought about it like 10 years ago, but I didn't want to do it because I've always had so much going on, and I knew it could be the fall of society and the dangers of it. And even now that it's finally here, yeah, he's still saying the same things, even though he has one for yeah. people to use. It's like there's no way to know where it's going to go and what it's going to do. I mean, people like to talk about the jobs people might lose, and as an artist, it's kind of scary, but... I'm not too worried about that, but I don't think artists are going to lose anything because you still got to do the human touch. Like, I mean, 
for instance, I'll, I mean, I'll tell this story on here. You know, a certain friend of mine that I know is super into crypto right now. He buys all these, and a lot of those are backed by AI projects and stuff like that, or involve AI projects. There's ones that'll like, you can go in there and upload a picture of somebody, and it'll make them naked. This what? crypto's skyrocketing, right? Yeah, of course. Wow. And like, but the AI still can't do everything. Like, they uploaded one person uploaded Barney, literally a picture of Barney. And the AI bot thought that that was a girl in a hoodie, so it made a naked girl in a hoodie from like here to here, and then it was like the Barney base. What? Like, but it, but you put in like like you could upload a picture of Jennifer Aniston, and it'll it'll totally manipulate it to where she's, and if you didn't know better, you wouldn't know that that's not real. Yeah. Like that's that's where I think AI gets scary is because well with using with your the way voice, the, yeah, your face, your voice, your face, stuff like that, you're not gonna know what's real and not. Like I mean, like it's gonna ruin some people's lives and stuff. And I mean, especially the way the media is today, yeah, and the way they like to portray stories and stuff or agendas. Man, I mean, all you gotta do is plug into the right AI software or whatever, and I mean, you could have. Joe Biden saying whatever, or Donald Trump saying whatever, yeah. or the Secretary of Defense saying, you know, whatever. And I mean, like, that gets dangerous. I mean, like, what if someone starts broadcasting and they take, like, one of these foreign leaders and starts making threats on other countries? And, like, how are they at a certain point going to verify if that's real or not? I know. Think I mean, like, that's the scary stuff. How much it's going to make their job difficult? Yeah. It's always been like, you show up in court with all evidence. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But if you show up with a video of the person, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Case closed. Guilty. But now it's like, you can not even be a video editor. You can just know how to spell and type, and you can make have something make in seconds make you a video of any person with their voice. Yeah. Look like they're doing anything or saying anything. A Hopefully there will be in. technology that you can put those videos in, and it'll tell you yes if or no. If it's ever AI. been altered. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I'd mean, I like to think that if AI exists, then that can exist. So, yeah, like, I, I think it's going to make stuff like that a lot harder to prove. And like, well, and unfortunately, like when you see people get in the cancel culture and all, and there's uh, all the stuff going on now. Mm -hmm. Videos of clips that aren't the whole context get out there, and people base their opinion off you before the facts come out. Yeah. And so now, if it's that, it's just going to be that much worse. You know, yeah. you come out before you can even. Def get the chance to say that was in I was in Hawaii that day that could not have been me no. in Florida on CNN you know what I mean check with them too you know what I mean no. but like I don't know it's just crazy to see where it's going to go but I'm, I'm very excited about the what technology the advancements in technology because of AI I saw a thing I think it was Elon I keep talking about it. I watched it uh, in one of his interviews yesterday which was pretty wild I don't know if you've seen that the recent interview the hour long one uh, but who'd he do it with? I can't remember, but it seemed like the guy did not like him. Okay. Uh, he said that they had been known each other for years, but this I don't know. But um, well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, he said that it took they in his AI engine. It took four hours for the engine to learn every possible move any human has ever been taught or taught in chess. So 
It didn't say every move ever, but it said any move that's ever been taught or hu that humans know or teach or like the strategies that are known. Yeah. And then it took four hours to learn every one, every single one of those since the beginning of chess, since any records have been kept of chess in every book, and then immediately beat the best other chess robot in the world. It took four hours to learn all that, which is ri ridiculous. Which yeah. In a month, that'll probably be five seconds. Yeah. Think about, you know, it's going to be cool to see how... I mean, think about what, 10 years ago, now iPhones have been out 10 years, so maybe two years before iPhone, it was still pretty simple, like three megapixel flip phones were like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, if you got lucky, your phone could have iTunes. You're like, no way. Or your iPod that was like 32 gigabytes yeah. eventually. And then just the way they say technology every two, it advances, the rate at which it accelerates is every two years it doubles. So it's like double, double, double. Yeah. So AI is going to make that go nuts. You know? Yeah, it's going to go completely bonkers. I mean, just think about it, Like I was talking about AI that I use on my show. Like YouTube has an extension of AI that I can download, and it's like super cheap per month. As soon as this is over, I can go in there and hit summarize, and in about 10 seconds, it is going to summarize and timestamp the entire up to two-hour episode you and I, and it's not up to, but I mean, I don't usually go over two hours, but two hours of content it'll analyze in about 10 seconds it'll give me key insights summaries topics bullet points all this stuff that then like i mean it's no secret i mean most people see it probably on like my descriptions and you can tell where that's like gotten better on my show descriptions when i upload them after the fact versus the live that you can see like i will then take that before I upload to like Anchor, which goes out on like Spotify and everybody else, I will take those insights and that summary, throw it into Chat GPT four with some simple commands. Write me a podcast show description that is intriguing and captivating, that starts with these five things or insights from this. Copy and paste that, and ten seconds later. It looks like I could win a Nobel Peace Prize for writing show descriptions, and there it all is. Something that would take me hours to sit down and write out, let alone to go through and timestamp all that so that if somebody wanted to go in there and go to a specific point where, uh, I want to see that point where Colin talked about a dude's skin falling off from, you know, cream. Uh, it's going to be timestamped on there that they can easily go do that real quickly. Yeah. Like, or I would be paying some an editor hundreds of dollars to sit there and go back through and do that manually. Now, I think people like that, yeah, their AI is going to disrupt their job field. Like, they're going to have to find other ways to add value. Yeah. Because AI still, it still needs to be tweaked. Like, and it still needs to be personalized. Like, it'll get you and I confused. Like, when I throw it in there, it'll say, Garrett said this. Or, Colin said that and I'm like well I didn't say that Colin said that so obviously I got to go in there and rework it a little bit but I mean that's minutes versus hours of my time yeah so I, I mean I don't know I think it's cool I mean it's, yeah. it's definitely not going anywhere yeah no yeah. we're they're not turning back that page now like they're not shutting that off I mean yeah they've been building that since the internet came along like that's why everything has been being uploaded to the World Wide Web. Yeah. And now that they've got processors that can literally 
have an AI go through and analyze that and understand that in seconds, that's insane. Yeah. And think if that's what we have access to now as AI, what does the government have access to yeah. that way? I mean, because that's, I mean, if we've got that as technology, I can go on here and sign up for a monthly subscription for, what can they do? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's have, where it gets scary. Had, it's probably only released to us because it's old news to them now. Oh, yeah. It's, they've, they've already had that technology for X amount of years. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like half think. the stuff we see when people think it's aliens or they release this stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they, like the whole videos that came out a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, the guys in those videos don't say they're aliens. They say that it's a, essentially a UFO. It's, mm-hmm. And literally, it's just unidentified. They don't know what it is, so it's a UFO. Yeah. doesn't mean it's an alien. But I feel like they probably know a little more. There's technologies they have they can't speak on, and they know if they have that technology, then this other country probably has it too. And so, who you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just think the reason we all think it's probably aliens is because there's things they can't really say. Even yeah. if they don't, it's unid- they don't know whose it is, they probably have at least a better idea than they're letting on mm-hmm. about how it works and stuff. Yeah. You know? What other rabbit holes do you like to go down? Like you... you uh podcasting and all that like what what other hot topics are you uh, into these days hot topics or i know i know a good one that I, you know maybe worth mentioning too like you know back to tattooing a little bit maybe uh i saw an interesting podcast you did i actually met the couple uh when i was there for my last consultation that you yeah. did a podcast with hi viz and missy missy yeah. monoxide her podcast yeah, yeah missy monoxide and uh, I remember you talking about, like, the fact that, like, tattoo artists don't have to have any licensing. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like that's kind of crazy, too, because, like, Texas, one of those states, is me as a contractor for what I do. I don't have to have, like, this big, crazy license like you do in Florida or New York or California. And, you know, some there's associations you can belong to. And whether you're a custom home builder, there's designations and stuff. But, like, Texas, you could just go start tattooing tomorrow you could open up studio tomorrow if you wanted to and literally have no experience right yeah you could like what are your thoughts on you'd that you'd have to have experience i mean you'd you'll have to answer some questions to get the tattoo shop i mean a few questions and for some things but it's not something that you could read a few things in a few hours yeah and you would know what to put and like how hard is that transition from like you doing artwork on paper to learning how to use an ink gun and like tattooing someone like how like how did that go for you like were you like super nervous the first time you tattooed somebody like yeah, how'd your first nervous, tattoo go but you pick you pick designs i pick designs that have a lot of room for error so things with one of the first tattoos i did was this one on my hand not on me it's the same design on a buddy of mine but it's okay. really fat lines. It's two lines and you fill in the middle. So I knew if I didn't do a good line, it's going to get filled in between anyway. Okay. You know, so if you're, if you started, you'd be a lot more nervous if you started to do like your first tattoo, you try to do a portrait or something. Yeah. Or just any really, people don't know how hard, just simple one word, but it's completely perfect parallels, no curve, nothing fancy. That's the perfect straight lines are harder than like script. You know what I mean? Like, I figure, like, Chase's stuff has to be, like, super hard because it's so symmetrical. Yeah. And, like, the patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, it takes, it just takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
to do it right. And there's no room for error when things need to be symmetrical and perfect, you know? Um, what was what was your question? Oh, man. I, I like, what is, what, how do you feel about the licensing and not being licensed? Oh, right. I guess we kind of veered off there oh, a little bit. That's not good, but I have too. learned since then from that video. We had a girl, I wish I could remember her name, but um, she tattoos in Texas. I can't remember the city. I wonder if she said Wichita Falls, but in a city where they've adopted that system I was referring to that they have in states like uh, Tennessee. That Tennessee is the one I referred to in that video about you have to apprenticeship for two years at the same shop. If you leave on the last day, you got to start that apprenticeship over. And I think you got to renew your license. I don't know if renew is the right word, but yeah. every year. Um, and every license, every tattooer individually is licensed versus Texas just the shop has a license and then anyone you hire no one regulates who you hire you pick so i made the joke in that other video about like you can be say oh i had a friend from high school that could draw really good but you know anybody you're like that guy that guy was really cool he's yeah a good kind of a good friend he can he's a pretty good art he'd probably be a good tattooer and because you don't know what you're doing you don't know that that's wrong um well you probably know it's wrong but yeah you're certainly not going to tell the people who come in the door yeah that's where the problem lies you know but yeah, you shouldn't be able to open a tattoo, any kind of business that has anything to do with being sterile, anything medical, without a decent amount of training and. Yeah, that's just a wild. Way where you, me, you should have to prove your uh, credentials in some way, I would think. Hopefully, they'll change. What I was saying was, though, that uh, we found that that I think she said her county is doing it like that, though. So uh, that's good, though. Hopefully, that means. Texas will keep moving that direction and make it yeah. a statewide thing. I think they should. Seems wild that it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll probably change too. I mean, like, tattoos are getting so much more acceptable now. I mean, like, you see people that you would never have expected in the past doing sleeves, stuff that can be exposed. Like, well, think about how long, even like cosmetology school. I can't remember the hours, but I think it's. Thinking back to my friends who have done it, um, I think theirs was like a nine-month. I'm sure they're different ones, but nine-month school. Yeah. And that's not that long, but at least it's something. There's telling me there's nothing for tattooing. That's wild, man. You don't even have to be like. They don't even have to ask you, "Have you done this before?" They just ask you. And how often questions. have you been asked, like, how many tattoos have you done? Not well. When I first started quite often but people i don't get that question too many times now not how many have you done it's usually what's the craziest thing you've done has anyone ever passed out or how many years have you been tattooing i mean like yeah, how you would think that would be a really common question to ask yeah how long? i mean i never asked you i mean but again i, I you know you i've first. seen your work yeah. so but i mean like walk-ins like how many people that are like walking like if you were in deep ellum tattooing at one of the like key places that you could just walk in from a night at the bar and go get your tattoo whatever you wanted you know walk-ins welcome like how many people ask like that could be that dude's first tattoo and you don't even ask like you just like I'm, i, I want to xyz tattooed on me dude people almost never ask i would all i would ask like oh so how'd how'd you hear about me or how'd you hear about the shop mm -hmm. they're like oh we were just around and we walked in and i was like so essentially trying to find out how they saw my work and people are like oh no i just 
Like, you didn't even look at my work. And I'll joke and be like, well, you better hope I don't suck. Yeah. And then they're like, how long have you been doing this? You know? Like, yeah. But, I mean, they're not wrong. You would, you should think that if you go into a tattoo shop that people know what they're doing. Yeah, it's like there's not and like a would, bio there. You should be expected there. to know what you're doing. Some artists will be better than others, of course, but I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's, it's just, it seems un, unmanaged. What's the most painful tattoo you've done? Uh, that I've received or given? Both. Uh, my worst ones are probably the edges of my hands and then up behind my ear. And Neck wasn't that bad? No, just way up high. Yeah. Which is funny. Most people say up here, behind, like behind the ear tattoos aren't bad, but mine, it's a little bit further back than that, right into the hair area. That sucked. Um, and then as far as ones I've done, everyone's different. I usually tell people, from my experience, the closer you get to any area that bends, so... The forearm's not too bad, but if you get closer to the wrist or the crease of the arm, both, yeah. both sides. I remember, I remember the inside arm, of the arm, angles. like in here, wasn't real fun. Yeah, that that wasn't. People are that's that's probably the spot that in the ribs people are most afraid of. Yeah, everyone always is like, oh, my brother told me this spot really get ready to cry. Yeah. I've yeah. heard about the feet too, like the tops of your feet. Yeah, people feet are weird. Do those. They're usually like people hate it and they're dying through it, or it's not bad. They're just chilling. You think there'd be some in between? There is for everything else, really. But yeah, feet. I don't have my feet done. I wouldn't want it. I don't think I will do it. But I would think. What it would, would it take really for bad. you to get another tattoo? Like, what would your criteria be? Like, are you now at a point where like you have like a certain artist? Like, you would fly to Spain and like have you want like X Y Z to tattoo you? Do you yeah. have, do you have something like There's that? There's two guys that I want to get tattooed by. And they're both in Spain. They're both in Spain. They don't work in the same shop. I bet I've seen one of them's work on. Yeah, I would. I would. There's so a guy. In, there's a guy in Colorado too that I saw that like he does a lot of the like UFC guys and stuff. Really? He does really sick stuff. I've seen. Like I would say, like if I was going to travel, those would be two. Yeah, dude. But it would just be an exp and if you're going to Spain, I've never been. I'd have to make it. Dude, Spain is like probably my favorite place that I've traveled. Really? <laughs> Out of the whole world, all the places I've been so far, which is not a lot. If I could have the same standard of living I have here and like job would transfer, everything like that, like I would move to Spain in a heartbeat. Really? Like, yeah. And I've always seen Barcelona and Madrid, but and I, my wife debates this with me. My, my wife studied over there in college. She, she will debate this with me, even down to, like, which city has better sangria. Really? But I'm telling you, like, Barcelona was by far... I like Barcelona more than Madrid. Madrid was cool for, like, the art and stuff like that. And the museums. But Sagrada de Familia, for me, with a construction background, watching that still be built and, like, seeing them do different stones that are in columns that are hundreds of feet tall and it's perfectly matched and they're still matching this stuff exactly and it looks like it was all done at the same time and it's been going on for like over 140 years or something crazy like that, maybe longer. But uh, we can't match granite when it breaks. Yeah. You know, on a countertop. And these guys are like creating this beautiful church like yeah that's been being built for hundreds of years like that's just insane to me 
But, like, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Barcelona. Granted, Barcelona was the first place we went to. I mean, Madrid was cool, too, though. Like, I mean, like, again, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate on either one. It was really dope, both of them. I'd love to go. I want to go one day. Yeah. Or I'll, or I'll, if they ever come here, maybe I'll try and get tattooed. Yeah. I just don't think about it. People ask me that all the time. When's the last time you got tattooed? And I just, I just don't think. Maybe I get pickier over time, but I don't think. I don't think about what I would want to get. Yeah. You know, that first basic steps of getting Did you do that early on, though? Like, did you get, a, like, a whole lot of tattoos, like, in a short period of time and Kinda, then just I did stop? a lot on this arm. It's still not done, but this is the arm I've had some removal on, too. Um, so oh, yeah, look who's making the, the appearance. First couple years, yeah. First couple I said years he probably I wouldn't tattooing, do it. I, got, I got a decent amount of tattoos, and then I just slowly stopped. Y'all welcome the famous con dog to the show. He's finally making his appearance, even though he's the most camera shy person you've ever seen in your life. His coloring is cool. His back's like black. Dude, you should have seen when he was a puppy. He was all tiger striped. Really? Yeah, I like wanted to name brindle? him Tigger, and my wife vetoed it. But like when he was a puppy, he was all tiger striped, like his hindquarters here. Like it was crazy. Yeah, mine was all. Watson was his name. My boxer yeah. passed. He was all white. Oh, you had an all-white one. Those are super rare. So he, you couldn't even tell how old he was, because that's why I asked how old he is. I have a friend, hers is probably not alive anymore, but hers was 13. So I haven't oh, seen wow. her in three or four years. It was a girl. And she was, her whole face was really gray, like all-white. I didn't even think about that till after I had Watson for a while. I was like, oh, we won't even know any. Because our other dog's pretty much the same age. She's a, a German, or yeah. Belgian, Malinois, slash German. I mean, she looks more like a... I don't know. We don't know for sure, but um, she uh, she's the same age and she's gray. Yeah, him, you couldn't even you never know. It's kind of cool. Yeah, he he's he's been aging fast in this last year. You can see all the gray in his face and stuff. But yeah, just his muzzle though. I mean, his whole body. Yeah, I mean, still. you know how boxers are though. I mean, like they're ape shit from the time they're puppies to about four. Yeah, and then they become tolerable. Yeah, and then it's like you get about three years of them being like still boxers but like not like puppy crazy yeah and then like after that the drop off is like really fat fast like they just like they they age super fast Watson and they're cancer down. machines so yeah, like that's, that's the sad they thing they, the, the, multiple vets have said that exact those words mm. they're cancer making machines and that's pr how we pretty sure that's what it was in the end but they're the best dogs dude I no, they're him. so awesome. Right? They're great with kids. I mean, yeah, he was kind of scared of kids, but it, we were. I'm glad he was around long enough to meet our daughter, and she's a year and a half. So he was around her for over a year, and yeah. he was the one we were more worried about because he's been when he, other kids have been around him, he'll just like freeze up. Mm -hmm. and just, he'll just look at me and just be like, "What do I do?" Mm -hmm. Or like real jittery. And uh, the day we brought her home, he would stay in the room she was in or if he left he'd go check on her and make sure she was okay every yeah. single time. Like, just pop in real quick but still the instincts and crazy he's so great he didn't want her like laying on him or anything like he's kind of finicky with when he's comfortable he doesn't want you messing with him but yeah he, he, oh he, he's he's just, crazy man like when my when my niece was like starting to learn to pull herself up and just hold on to like a coffee table or whatever She'd come over and grab him by his jowls and just like pull herself, and he'd just sit there and look at her like, "All yeah. right, this is what's happening." Yeah, dude. And he, Watson, up until he died, he never he was. I mean, I guess like you said, after maybe three or four years, he 
was a little calmer, but really they keep. I feel like they keep that puppy mentality their whole. Yeah. Their whole because when he, nothing really. The only thing that changed is he would relax more. Yeah, sleep more. They'll they'll lay around yeah, a little more. They're not more. as. But whenever he's, on the and, go and, and ready to go, he's ready to go. He's wild. He's super goofy, and they have so much character in their face, dude. Like he would make noises almost like not talking to you but he just laid down mm-hmm. you're like no, no 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 not there he would just he wouldn't get up he'd just side eye he wouldn't even look at you he'd look at, he'd side eye you and then if you really needed him to get up he'd yeah. get up real slow and be like <sighs> like blow sigh out of his yeah. nose and then slowly walk off then he'd stretch yeah like you just laid down you don't need to stretch and then slowly stretch and then walk off but or when he was happy. I don't know, dude. There's just so many different faces they make. They're like little people. They're awesome, man. I mean, I got him from Beston's Boxers up in Oklahoma City. Uh, uh, He's one of the top breeders in the U.S. for boxers. Uh, Anybody that is looking for a boxer, I highly recommend. Um, He has champion pedigree boxers. I mean, he has a wait list, so if you want one of his puppies, you better contact him and reach out but i mean he i would not i would want to know the lineage and the average age that most of the boxers have lived coming out of the line just because like we've talked about i mean they're they're great dogs you fall in love with them they're part of your family and they just don't have long life expectancies i mean eight to ten's the average if you're mm-hmm. lucky you get like 10 to 12 but most of them uh, I mean, he's had cancer removed from him four or five times already, and he's yeah. seven and a half. Yeah. I mean, that it, they are just cancer-making machines. Like, at some point, you're going to have to deal with that, and it sucks. Yeah, it does. The good thing about that, though, for, like our other dog, Stevie, she's she'll have she already has a little bit coming. Um, the hip dysplasia, they always get, the Germans usually yeah. always get those, unless you spend a ton of money. But Yeah. Bad thing about that is you watch him. We're gonna wa- have to watch her go downhill. Yeah. For probably a couple of years. Yeah. And then maybe become incontinent and stuff like that. But make the at least decision. with the cancer, usually it's kind of quick. Yeah. So like you cut, like it doesn't affect him. Like like we had to cut some off of him a couple of times too, in his gums and then on some little skin tag type things. Yeah. And um, but it doesn't really hurt him or affect him until it's the time when it's about to get real bad. Right. Then it usually happens. Like it was real sad because six weeks went by and we had a great dog healthy and then yeah. he's gone so that sucks yeah but in another way it was the really the best thing he didn't change much he got to be his full healthy self until the last few weeks and that's good the cancer kind of just rapidly yeah my grew. last then, boxer cash he he got pancreatic cancer and he went from being a 105 pound boxer to 75 really fast. He was 105 105 pounds. pounds. I mean, he's 90, 95. Ours was 60, I think. I mean, so like, you know, the internal cancers that they get that you can't see, I mean, that's that's the worst. I mean, I watched Cash go from 65. When he hit 45, I I had to call my vet, and I was like, man, I can't. I, I can see every bone in his body. I, I can't I can't watch my dog die like that. Like I mean, like he's not on. And what sucks is you agree to like have that last day with him, and then like they have a good day, and you're like, man, I still like I guess I can't do this. I cannot watch watch that. Like I know he's suffering, even though he's not 
acting like it all the time, but like I know he is. Like he just have trouble going to the bathroom, everything else. Like, like that's painful to watch. Like I feel fortunate for you. You you got that quick. Yeah, quick it's like deal. I got lucky. Yeah, it's sad, man. When you put them down, you just feel like you're betraying them. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. It doesn't feel good. No, it's the no worst idea. thing in the world. They have no idea. Yeah. Well, what other what other hobbies do you have, man? Like, what else do you like to get into? I love playing ping pong. Table ping tennis. pong. I love it. Oh man, when my little brother comes in town, I'm gonna have to get you two on a ping pong table. Yeah, he'll lose, he kicks my ass in ping pong and darts. So if you can beat him at dude. either of those things, he man, might ping pong. Then maybe I spoke too soon because if you're good at darts, I feel like you're really good at most things because that i've played darts a lot and i've never gotten any better yeah he's like really good like i won't even play him because like it's not fun like he kicks my ass so bad it's like he wouldn't play me in madden back in the day because i would just absolutely destroy him i'd hang 100 on him by halftime and he's like you're not even fun to play with like i'm not playing you yeah yeah your brothers sisters i have a brother yeah yeah older or younger younger he's 25 i want to say 26 let's see how old am i 26. I think about to be 27. Colton is his name. Right on. Yep. Funny dude. Yeah. Good How guy. long you had the dreads, man? Because I now I got to know because I actually saw from when you like subscribed to the show. Yeah. I saw your dreads like process on uh, there. Yeah, that's why I started that. Channel, that yeah. was so wild, man. Like I can't even picture you looking like that. Like I know every picture I've ever seen, and as long as I've known of you or known you, you've had dreads. At least close to that length. Yeah. Had him 12 years. 12 years. I think I'll, maybe almost 13. You think you'll ever ditch the dreads? Or is this like a permanent, like, is it like the beard for me now? I don't think I will. I mean, I had him this long and I still don't ever think about, I, I have nightmares about them just being gone all of a sudden. I've had that night, this is, I've had that nightmare so many times that now when I have it, it becomes a lucid dream. Because I feel in my head that I'm like, where are they? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. this isn't real. This has happened one too many, way too many times. <laughs> and then I realize I'm dreaming, and then I do whatever I want. Yeah, it's awesome. But then once I start lucid dreaming, it's you when you realize you can do whatever you want. You're in a dream. I only get a what well, feels like a few minutes. It's probably a few seconds. But all I'm telling myself is like, don't wake up, don't wake up, and it makes me wake up. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can do whatever. Hurry up and do what. Yeah. Anything. I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get a lot of those. I, more like gliding I can do, but kind of just walk quickly. And then yeah. somehow that gives me enough speed to kind of get some thrust. Yeah. And then come back down. And it's always terrifying. I'll catch, <laughs> catch like a gust of wind and I'm way too high. And then you come down too quick. That's awesome. But I, yeah, I have a buddy that has a beard that's like literally like ZZ top. Like I'd be like, it's way down here. Like and he won't start level. Yeah, he won't smoke cigars anymore because he was smoking a cigar and the and the ash the cherry fell out and like literally hit right in the middle and burn a hole like that in the middle of his beard. Oh. So like now he won't smoke cigars anymore because of that like cuz he had to like literally shave like a foot off of his beard. Oh man. To like catch it back up and like let it grow past. But the dude has like I don't know how he gets a beard to grow so fast like it grows insanely fast on this dude. Yeah, I've always been jealous of a good beard. Yeah. I'm 33 and I still have like a lot of patchiness. I can't grow. I've never probably grown it longer lot, than like man. an inch. That's why like military guys, 
because they had to shave every day. And you see guys come out of the military, and all of a sudden they're like, crazy thick, beard. thick beards. I have to try it. That's I wild. only ever really just trim. I kind of just keep it this long. Yeah. But I don't know. If I had a long beard with the hair, I think it might be too much. It might be. It might be. My head would look... And I already have a really big head. So I think I would look really top-heavy. Yeah, I, I think that'd be hard to picture on you. Yeah. That would be really hard to picture on you. Yeah. But the dreads, like, that's kind of like your, like, hashtag almost. Like, it's like... It's cool. Like, I, I enjoyed seeing the little process there, like, because it was... I mean, from the time you had, like, the little crisscross little braids to, like, all the way out. Yeah, man. when they were real short, they were just, they were so short, they were, like, spikes. Did you have, like, long hair at all, like, growing up as a kid or, you like? Know, I always wanted long hair. So, in, when I was in Duncanville, there was a strict, super strict dress code, but no hair dress code. So, I could have hair, but my mom wouldn't let me. And then right around whenever she would let me decided to let me grow my hair long is when I transferred to Midlothian yeah. which had a super almost no dress code but you had to have short hair for guys so then I had to cut my hair I never really got it that long and then after high school I started growing it out and I was at co- that community college for a semester and then when yeah. I went to that the that seminary that Christ for the Nations um, they had a hair dress code too I have not had a haircut since I. What made you decide to go to seminary school? I wanted to do ministry. Yeah. I still wanted to be involved in ministry in some ways, you know. So, youth ministry—that was my major. What is it that you enjoy about that? Um, it's just nice doing things for people. I guess the core of it. Um, especially with youth ministry, because I was when I was a kid skateboarding and this or that yeah. um, kind of was part of what raised me and a lot of things like fortunate that I didn't go different ways yeah so um, I think it's good to be there for a lot of there's a lot of things kids won't say to their parents yeah share with someone that's a little closer to their age or with yeah. similar interests and stuff and then like at this when I had the skate shop we had the thing where if you had good grades you could get discounts you know so yeah. if you got in your report card you get certain amount that's cool know. man so i want to find a way to kind of still combine yeah. the two so do you feel like that ever gets you judged differently or stuff because i mean obviously like with the piercings the dreads the tattoos like i get judged more by people by tattooers for being a christian than i do christians for being a tattooer which is weird that is weird yeah i would expect just the exact opposite of that yeah it could be the opposite though maybe the christians are just pretending that they're okay. They're pretending to be nice. Yeah. They just don't say anything. Yeah. You know. But. Because that's one of the things that always drives me nuts when people want to put everybody in a box and like judge them instantly because of the way they like to dress or what they like to wear. You know, I, I dealt with that growing up all the time because I moved every three years, you know, and constantly have to fit in with like new groups, different societies, different, you know, cultures and stuff like that. And it's like what works in one area doesn't work in the other area. So it kind of like evolves you into this like almost social chameleon yeah. where you just learn to adapt to all of it. But like, I've always thought it's really cool of people that can like just truly be themselves and like really not give a shit about any of that. And like not a single person, you know, like instantly thinks like, Oh, this is a Christian guy that wants to like, you know, 
be a youth pastor or youth minister like you know you're just tattoo guy yeah. like that they can picture yeah you say the other and they're like wait a minute what hold up let's er, record scratch you know like yeah. go back like so i was wondering how much you've dealt with that because like that that's not something you would have expected right out the gate yeah no i can you can always tell though when people don't agree with tattoos yeah because they're the ones who talk to me the most like they love them they'll always people will be like oh you should would be really cool is if there was a you should totally make a book of everyone's stories that you tattoo or you should uh i get that one a lot a book about tattoos yeah i'm trying to think i had someone recently what were they saying they will just talk to me about the tat because they're on they're kind of uncomfortable with it yeah it's hard to explain but you can tell you know what i mean yeah anybody would be able to tell but they're uncomfortable and it's on their mind so they're naturally just going to keep talking about it Uh asking simple questions which is fine i'm happy to answer them but it's just funny you can tell like if you don't you don't have to talk to me about tattoos if you if you don't like tattoos or if you disagree with them on some kind of christian theology level or just directly ask me why don't you just ask me how i feel justified doing what i do and i'll tell you you know yeah but that's not really an issue I haven't really gotten much. Has anybody really debated it. that with you? No, not really. I, maybe in the beginning when I was first getting, when I was getting into it, people, maybe friends or mutual friends, that was kind of the perfect time to say something about it because I wasn't in it yet. Once you're in it, people probably feel less comfortable sharing an opinion because they know you're not going to stop doing it. I'm yeah. Stop tattooing because of your opinion. So, but in the beginning, maybe I had some friends. I just can't recall any specific situations. I mean, we had one uh, not too long ago where I don't want to put this out there because we didn't really talk about it on the show either, but guy was really involved with the church. Great, great guy. Done a lot for society, for our country, everything. And, like, he started bringing in a bunch of people that didn't fit the profile of the church when he was helping grow the church and they eventually came to him and were kind of like, they basically kicked him out of the church. They're like, yeah, we don't really want your kind around here. Like, and just kind of went off and started his own thing. You know, like it's so crazy how that, I think that's what's always bothered me a lot, especially in the South. Like you, I mean, I guess I saw it some up North too, but like in the South, like it's very, either you fit into this box or you don't and like they don't leave a lot of area for the gray area i feel like but that's like, society today in general yeah I think. like i was saying like I, I forget what we were talking about but like i was saying earlier there's always those people mm-hmm. in skateboarding it's the people who want to call everyone a poser because they don't wear this shoe or they skate this way yeah and in the church it's people who hold the certain theologies or like the baptists are wrong the pentecostals are wrong the catholics are wrong it's yeah. like you're all Christians I feel like people it just shows your own insecurity you just you're really just showing that you need a way to be better than them yeah who are you to say unless someone asks who are you to to shove what you think on them anyway yeah I don't know I I just I I feel the same way I think that's been one of my some people you could put them in any situation doing anything yeah and they'd find someone to complain about someone something something they're doing that's wrong yeah it's like why don't you just do it then why don't you just keep doing it it's usually people who i've found like with tattooing or i guess anything i've done it seems like people who 
talk down on you or think poorly of you unless you're a jerk but it's people who can't do what you do yeah or people who are jealous of the way you do it are there things you won't tattoo on people yeah so i won't do any yeah there's a grip of stuff i won't i don't do really private areas yeah um i'm not gonna put like i don't do anything satanic yeah or highly offensive i'm not gonna put like f you or anything on somebody um but yeah i I rarely have that yeah you don't have to do that a whole lot yeah i don't think yeah i may be turned around turned down like 10 people in 10 years wow and then they're like okay i have a different idea then it's never been yeah because i'm not a jerk about it yeah you know it's easy to even if people want something that it's simply because maybe it's against just my spiritual beliefs yeah you know maybe it's not something horrible but people are cool dude the media just makes everyone seem more divisive Right. And, well, they make people more divisive, but it seems like in real life, people are a lot more. I agree, hundred percent. That's that's what's always bothered me. Like, you can have your opinion, but like to like try to inflict that on others, like that always like. You know, it's the same thing with religions. It's like no matter what you believe. To me, it's always been kind of one of the rubs too. Is like, would it not make sense if they're, even if you just believe in God. Wouldn't you think God would put somebody down that would relate to all the different kind of people? Maybe not just Jesus, maybe maybe Muhammad or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not super first on other religions, but, you know, any of the other prophets or whatever you want to call them. And it's like, well, that would kind of make sense to me. Like every culture would have somebody to relate to. Yeah. Or a Jesus that they related to. So. Well, it's funny to me is like, who did G- We know Jesus's message, love. Yeah. Who are the only people that he ever had any conflict with? It was the religious leaders. Yeah. The Pharisees, the people that were praying out loud and the walking around, showing their faith, showing yeah. how good they were, condemning other people. Of course, and it it's is. funny how the, that's now that's kind of come full circle. Because the, I, I feel like the Christian church in America is now, should at least, kind of be in a state of repair because we've done so much damage because of being Pharisees yeah, and scarring so many people. Almost anyone I know that used to go to church and doesn't anymore, it's because they were taken advantage of or mistreated by, some, by people in the church. Yeah. It's rarely ever because they were like, I don't know. They're like, oh, I, I, used I to don't hear agree with this God anymore. God used to answer my prayers and he doesn't now. It's almost always people. Yeah. Which sucks. That's true. That's true. I mean, that was probably my longest void is, is due to people. And it being a situation where it was like, I remember this, they was like sitting around in a, like a youth group and they were like, let's go home and write a letter to God and tell him about everything you've ever done wrong or like all the bad stuff you've ever done and like get that off your heart. Okay, cool. Then it was like, came back next week like, well, let's all read those letters to each other and like talk about that. 
that was between me and God. Yeah. Not not sit here yeah. and like have a conversation with all of you and go over this. Well, like, well, how are you ever gonna? And I was just like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not participating in this. Like, this is weird. Like, this is awkward for not just your closest confidant friend or something like that to have a conversation like that with. It's we're going to sit in a group setting and do that. I was like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. That's my biggest thing is it's, it seems like it's one or the other. Like I was just talking about people being kind of jerks and being like Pharisees and pointing mm-hmm. fingers at people. But then also what, this is maybe just personal to me. And it seems like what you're talking about. Yeah. If I've just showed up to your church, don't talk to me like you're my only brother. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, be nice, that's fine. Yeah. But I don't need 78 people telling me, hello, how are you this morning? Yeah. In a 10-foot stretch to the front doors. Yeah. Like, when you go to Walgreens and you're shopping, do you talk to everybody like that? To me, it just seems fake. Yeah, they're pushing it. And I get, I don't want to seem too critical. Like, you want to do your best for God if you're serving or just for anybody. You want to do your best if you're doing something. So you really want to be perky and be friendly. But to me, it's like, if God's a parent in your church, if things are happening and lives are being changed, if it's, if it's real, do you need that stuff? Mm-hmm. And if not, what does it say when you have a lot of it? When you have really cool lights, cool fog, hot coffee, warm donuts, 30 greeters, 60 events a month. I mean, events might not be a bad thing yeah. if you're giving back to your community, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get you want to attract people and I've never started my own church. I've been a part of little things like that, but I don't know. It seems like it's like I was saying, it's either like people be too judgmental or I can, I guess I can just see why so many people think they attach just being fake to Christianity. Yeah. You know, it may probably a lot of, it is because people sound like hypocrites when they do that. Yeah. And then you become more judgmental of it. Just be yourself. Yeah. It's like, you just said, I'm doing this, but like, that's not what you're living. That's not what you're showing. Yeah. Oh, and what I was getting at is they got way in that, that situation or the, what you just mentioned, mm-hmm. they got way too personal too quick. That's what, kind of what I was leading to is if you're going to have like a service like that, where people, it's like some deep rooted issues, maybe that should be like a three day special service kind of well, thing. Well, it kind of was like, maybe I didn't set that up. Great. Okay. This was like a bunch of guys that met it was like, like a, a youth retreat? youth ministry of guys like and it okay. was like you know like two or three guys from the church and then kind of our youth group of guys and we would meet and have bible study and you know do all this stuff but it was also like it was a combination of that and right before that like i had prom and they didn't like that i was going with somebody that wasn't a part of the church it's ridiculous. And it was like, there was like underhanded comments and stuff like that about, you know, like, you know, that's really not if you're going to keep growing and this. And I'm like, this is complete crap. Like, how do you sell this to anybody? Like, this isn't anything. Because she she didn't go to your church? She Well, yeah, mainly. Like, yeah, like this was this, this big conglomerate here in DFW at one point. And it was just like. This is weird, man. Like, I mean, I still talk to a couple people from back then, but like, yeah, man, it got it got weird fast. And that was like the 
the share your letter to God with the whole group thing, like kind of after the initial just really good day or two of like communing with your fellow friends and stuff and having good Bible study. And then all of a sudden it was like, let's write a letter to God and like, you know, get all this off your chest and like you think about this and how you can change these things and how you're going to keep repeat from repeating those things or having those things happen again, whatever it was, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, let's, let's all sit around and talk about it. Let's, let's read our letters to God to each other and like help each other grow from this. And I'm like, yeah, you're out cool. of your mind. Like I'm yeah. not reading like, this I would have read different stuff if I knew that. <laughs> yeah. No one would have been honest and like done yeah. that if they thought they were going to have to sit here in a group of 12, 14 people, even if they were close friends and like share all that. Yeah. Don't, don't if trick you really people. did it. Don't, why are they tr don't trick people. Yeah. It just makes you look like what you're trying to give isn't real. Mm-hmm. You got to trick me into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, that's weird. All right, man. Well, we're getting towards the end here. Let's, uh, what does this say? Thanks, Adrian, man. I appreciate that. No, we're not moving. My wife is not happy about pods being moved here. Like, I can't wait for the studio to be finished so that, like, I don't have to do this. I mean, I don't, trust me, I love doing this with certain guests and being here at my house. It's super comfortable. It's easy. But, uh, yeah, the wife is not a fan of me doing this on the regular here. It's a lot of work. But. Where is the other studio? It's at Industrial Cigar Lounge. The lounge that I talk about that I yeah. go to. Uh, I usually shoot, they've got like a conference room set up there that I book that and I usually typically shoot there. Well, this is a nice setup too, bro. Well, I appreciate it, man. Like, yeah, even I mean. Even on camera, it's, it's symmetrical. I mean, obviously you set it all up like that, but even everything, you know, it's very relaxing and it's also nice. Yeah, the only problem with this too is that we got the waterfall here and guests usually within like the hour and a half mark, like there someone's need to take a bathroom break yeah. i mean because you're sitting here listening to this waterfall for yeah. two hours you know you're like dying to get out of the chair i think it's nice because it it's the same way like how music helps with awkward silences yeah i'm like i don't know i love it man i mean you got the fire yeah I, I mean it's good like i was nervous about the wind earlier today because if it is not blowing it's out of the south today so it gets blocked over there but if it's out of this north it would kill us. Like, we would not be able to do this. Like, it would be beating us to death right now. Yeah. I, I could have every one of these heaters on, and we would be freezing. I and didn't it, notice that. It is nice how it's kind of blocked in right there. Yeah. I need to do a shade or somewhere there. But, yeah, Adrian, I agree. I appreciate that. I like the setup. It's fun to do every now and then, but this will not be the norm. Uh, hopefully, down the road, we can get our own little studio and, like, do it how we want to do it. Um it's just always the enjoying the cigar part that usually is the dampering. Mm. If you had a perfect studio, what would you have? Are you trying to wrap this up? No, we're good, man. Um, if I had a perfect studio, man, I don't know. I kind of like, I have some friends that have those. Uh, have you seen the like built out garages where you like, you kind of like have a, it's like it, you enter a code, like that is like a gated, like almost like a storage facility. Yeah, yeah. But everybody has their own private garage 
and like people store their cars in there and stuff like that their bikes their toys yeah they can build it they can finish them out however they want maybe it's a game room maybe it's a man cave have a barn yeah. at an office whatever i've seen some people living in them I yeah i mean to. people do that like they have the ones that are on airport hangers for guys that have planes and they build out those spaces and they have the little mini apartment in there and stuff like that nice i think that would be super cool if we could have like a little hq like that where you know it was just a cool place to go and you could like smoke cigars inside and have the right ventilation and everything like that like the cigar thing is where really what kind of dampens that on a lot of spaces as you can't just yeah. you know even like i've had some friends that own bars and stuff like that and restaurants that are like hey come do a live here and, you know we would do that but i mean some places you'd be able to get away with it some you wouldn't you know industrial's just always been like my home away from home and i love being up there it's kind of like one of my like little getaways so the fact with their expansion and how they've got that all set up i'll have to get you to come up there sometime you can be guests with me up there cool. um hang out when they get the remodel all done but it, it, it's just uh i don't know i would like to have something where we had some monitors that were like where you don't see like my lab i mean granted you can barely see it in this setup but like where you could have the monitors where you have stuff and like biz could have his setup a little bit more always there and just ready, ready to, to go. go yeah and we didn't have to set up take down all the time and you just had it there you came in boom let's go and for like the lives and stuff like that like if we were you know you were referencing whatever he could like pop it up you know you see how joe rogan does his and stuff yeah. where you know you can interject those things they can switch to it yeah, you have the like multi-camera pull, pull this up real quick yeah. yeah and then you have the multi-camera where it can kind of be bouncing back a little more than just the overall shot yeah you know right now it's real one stationary camera stuff like that but that's all stuff to work towards down the road. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that would be cool. But I kind of like this too, where we have like kind of the bouncing around a little bit. That is cool to like mix it up a little bit. It was getting a little mundane just doing it in that one format at the lounge in the room. Um, we bounced around into the construction space a little bit when that was being used and kind of went over there and did a new backdrop and stuff like that. That stuff's fun to me to kind of play around with that stuff. Um, maybe we'll shoot one when we do my ink or something like that and do something crazy for a little cool. bit of that. Or at least a little mini clips or something of that. That'd be fun. Watching me get tortured. And you're asking questions like, how old were you when you started that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More numbing cream. So if you could, you said you, you don't, your wife doesn't like it being here. Sure, you're partially joking. Yeah, I would say if, if you could. Man, she's gonna kill me for throwing her under the bus like this. But uh, it's not that. Like my wife grew up in a family where entertaining and hosting is taken to another level. Like if my wife wasn't under the weather right now, like I mean, like she can't do any. She's she's like me in a lot of regards to certain things. Like she can't do anything half-ass. Like she takes a lot of pride in our house she's spent a lot of time designing helping get stuff done here picking things out they're like and she's super proud of it so like she would want if that's your first time coming here she wants it to be the best you know like she'd be in there doing charcuterie boards and we would have this and that and like we'd be probably barbecuing like you know we'd have to do like this whole thing like 
there is no just like coming over having to be low-key like hey don't worry about it like if she wasn't sick right now like that would all be happening like <laughs> i could say don't do it and she's still going to do it yeah yeah like legit yeah <laughs> but do, yeah man do you do a lot of other uh podcasts just actually this is the main one right now this is it gotcha i mean i used to do a bunch but we kind of convinced them i was gonna say it'd be nice to have because we considered eventually maybe starting one at the shop in one of the rooms yeah I mean, it, it'd be nice yeah. to just have someone who already has the stuff and knows how to do it you know what i mean versus that's, having to learn everything and that's my best buy. advice like if you if you want to start out a podcast and th- this is one of the things i think helped me a lot because i'm like that if if i jump into some, i'm either all in or i'm all out i can't like be in between like i either have to do it or i'm not doing it or i'll lose my interest or i'll try it really hard and go all in for a while and realize up oh, that's not my thing yeah. and then i'm changing changing directions doing something different if you're going to do something like a podcast and you're just starting out i would recommend that you go and find somebody like biz no you cannot steal biz from me you know like yes you can book another day or something but you know he is available for people that would like to uh enjoy business services but i would recommend finding somebody like that because otherwise you're going to go out you got to buy this badass camera, tripods, cables, microphones, mic stands, lighting, producing, soundboard. I mean, like, there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, like, you don't think about all these little things, but, like, if you're front-loading that and, like, taking on all that expense, that's a lot. Versus you find somebody that can produce a show like Biz where you pay him for his services and they come set that up do it for however long and see if you can even like it you're successful at it and then i mean obviously you could grow from there but i would highly recommend that like if it's something you want to test the waters with see if you even really enjoy it because like you know that was painful at first going back and watching like my early episodes and trying to like you know hear myself talk like dude go listen to yourself talk I never watch my old it's videos. It's horrible. Dude. I hate them. I it's watch horrible. Them, I edit them, watch them one time to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I'll never watch them again. Yeah, like you, you get so used awkward. to it after a while, but you know, you can see the progression too, and like you get better at asking questions. You get better at like however you want to do your podcast, whether it's short form, long form, whatever. But I would, you know, and there's a million coaches that are going to hit you up when you start doing it on all the social media yeah from here to india to china to russia wherever people are going to hit you up telling you they can edit your stuff they can get you ten thousand subscribers overnight you know all this bullshit but you know you can do that stuff but i again i would recommend you you find somebody that has the equipment set up that can produce your show and just try give it you know, whether you, whatever your budget allows, like, are you going to give yourself six months? You're going to give you a year because everybody that I know that does successful podcasts, either ones that have been on the show or not been on the show that I've sat and talked with, it's about the two to three year mark before you're going to really get traction. Like people have to see you doing it consistently. They have to see it grow. And a lot of them want to be a part of it growing and then getting it figured out all the little tweaks you have to do to 
get the algorithms, find the platforms that work best for you, learn how to do short form content if you are long form formatted, all this stuff, like it just takes time. Unless you're fortunate enough that it can be your full-time job or you're gonna go out on a shoestring budget well, I just and don't just like doing it. do it real. So I'd rather have someone else do it anyway, you know? I mean, some people are like that. Some well, people want to get like their you. iPhone out I'll, and a tripod and they yeah. get little lapel mics and they plug them in and they do a podcast. I kind of kept it that simple when I did it, but there wasn't as much stuff really made for vlogging now or like podcasting too. Is there, you can go to Walmart now and get a vlogging kit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I just, whenever I've done videos or anything, even with my social media, I kind of go in waves throughout the seasons. I'm like really into it sometimes in advertising then I fall behind. But with the videos, man, I just... I hated all the, I enjoyed them, but I don't like editing. I don't like, I mean, maybe it was fun, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I'll get all into it. And then by the time things start to do get a little better, I'm like over it now because I, yeah. I wasted my time. Yeah. Wasn't spending my time doing what I really enjoy. And I got into this and burned myself out exactly. doing this new skill when that wasn't even why I was getting into it. I was getting into it to do the, let's say the podcast, not to be an editor. You know? Yeah. And, and not to say you couldn't do a full show on tattooing and like, I think it would be more beneficial for you if you, I mean, maybe yours is because your studio, your new studio is going to offer spaces to other creative artists. Maybe you do a once a month podcast where you're introducing the new creative that is in your space or showcasing what they're doing and talking about them, getting them to show their journey and you're adding that to build your follow and you hire somebody like Biz to do that and then it's all set up. You don't waste a whole bunch of time doing it. He edits it, he gets it all to you and then you're able to put that out on your social media. To me, that's more beneficial to you. And then you doing the things you really enjoy, maybe you just need to be a little bit better about maybe it's scheduling shoots that with biz to where, you know, or somebody like biz where you take before and during pictures, but then when you know you've got, you know, four or five people that are all healed up, have him come in, shoot them, really cool lighting and everything and like really make sure the lighting's right and stuff so you really get to see all the contrast and everything in your artwork that you just did and then you making little reels that you put out on your channels and you drop those weekly or bi-weekly i think for your business that model is way more successful and productive for you you deciding i'm gonna put a little studio in here and you spend all this money and then you're trying to force conversations or always having new stuff to talk about tattooing like you're gonna run out of stuff really fast like that's the hardest thing for me is finding the guests and putting the guests together and doing that I've just been fortunate that I have a pretty large network sort of being in sales and that uh, the amount of people I know and that I socialize with and network with that I, I have a pretty good pool of people to constantly be pulling somebody in but there's times that that even gets hard even with the amount of those connections that I have like that's hard I mean we're at episode 50 like your list starts you start knocking like I mean I even have a list of like 10 people that I that people would say I would never get on my show that I want to do a show with you know Joe Rogan Jocko you know Aubrey Marcus you know you name it Ray Cash Care you know throw throw these people out and like some of these people want money to come and speak or to sit with you for that long some of the you know we got some really exciting ones like i i got a super exciting one i just lined up today 
for right after the first of the year when we kick back off that I'm super excited about. Local radio host that I listen to every morning driving to work. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll come to your show. Let's do it. Let's find a time. Let's make it work. You know, you asked me that a year ago, I'd have told you there's no way this dude's going to come give me yeah. two hours of his time and sit on my podcast. It wouldn't happen. But like now that it's progressing and growing, you know, other people are reaching out to me too. Like, hey, I'd really like to, man, you and my friend so-and-so would really be dope to sit down with on the show. Like, can you get him on the show? Or people are referring people or having people reach out to me too, which that's cool too. Yeah. All right, man. I know we're like hitting the two-hour mark now. Are we really? Yeah, man. We've been talking for two hours. Can you believe that? Dang. People are always like, man, I don't think I talk more than an hour. And I'm like, and we look down and it's like, oh, yep, we've been on for two hours. Wow. So there's two questions we ask everybody at the end of the show. We'll have you on again. Like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and do this again at some point. But if you could leave your daughter one piece of advice, what would that be? Has to be one. Um, it could be one. It could be two. I mean, whatever. Say either be kind to people. Kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, even when people don't understand. Or work smarter, not harder. Right on. So, a mixture of those two. If it had right. to be one, it'd be kind. Be kind. Be kind to mm-hmm. others. Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's that's excellent advice. Now, the fun one. I always like this. This is my favorite one, just because you never know what you're going to get. Shows common sense. What's something you don't think people have common sense about? Or it could be something that... Maybe you wanted to say that I didn't ask you tonight. It could be something you feel you didn't get to say enough about. It could be something you just want to say or put out there. It's just your two cents. You can give all these listeners Collins two cents. Hmm. Common I'm trying to think of something that's common sense. Maybe something that's common sense people don't have. People don't have. Uh, Maybe you think they need more of. Ignore. Ignore the media. I just feel like that's the cause of. There's so many things you could say, but yeah. For right now, just ignore the media. Yeah. You can't really trust anybody, and how much does it really affect your life? Yeah. Unless it's the president, and you have a massive corporation it's all the finances I get and stuff or your home and but don't mistreat people because they think differently from you talk to people yeah I say that but I feel like people in real life also feel that way when I've talked to people yeah almost, almost everybody is like yeah you see all this stuff online but in real life I can easily talk to someone with different views from me yeah it's like let's not I guess maybe that's the point just don't let's not forget that we are we all have so much more in common than we have. We're all human beings at the end of the day. We're a lot more alike than we're different. Yeah. And no one wants to be talked down to or have a bad day. 
be nice to people. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, dude, I want to thank you for coming and doing the show with me, man. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I've enjoyed sitting here just kicking it with you. Definitely, dude. Um, and we'll do this again, man. I appreciate the cigar and the Dr. Pepper. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll, we'll, again, we'll do it again. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this show. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we're going to have another friend, mutual friend of ours on next week. Mr. Brad McNeil is going to come on here. Oh, don't do it. Oh, I'm doing no, Chase has been Chase has been that'll begging be me for this. Yeah, Chase is like, you gotta one. get Brad on there. And I've been trying for months, but we finally got him lined up. He's gonna come in and y'all are in for a treat. Like Brad is a very cool individual that is well versed in more things than I could possibly imagine. I can't wait to see where to go. It's gonna be a completely off the cuff show. Not like probably anything we've ever done, but it's going to be entertaining. It'll be fun. Yeah, I bet. Brad's hilarious. He's he's one of a kind, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you guys a little teaser. This dude has been banned and pushed off of Facebook and stuff like that so many times. It's not funny. I can't even keep up with how many accounts he has because they'll close one down. He starts up another one. The last time this happened that I remember and I talked to him about it, they literally told him, if you take this page down, we will unblock you. And that's because before Obama was president, he started a page that was literally called I was anti-Obama before anti-Obama was cool. That's He started that? He started that page. And like, they <laughs> What a hate crazy it. guy. They hate it. They, I mean, they absolutely hated it. Like, it went bonkers. Really? So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get him to talk about all that and some other interesting stuff. Brad's never short for an opinion or a, a good joke or something yeah. to off the cuff. So it'll be an interesting episode. So you should get Chase on here too to talk about running a business and man, I'd love to have Chase and Chase and Misty. Man, they're both oh, welcome yeah, anytime. Sure. Yeah, the pair, dude. Yeah, the, the pair. pair of them, the dynamic duo. Yeah, yeah, we could do that anytime. Chase knows my number. If Chase is ever willing to do that and come on here. We will do that in a heartbeat. I will gladly sit down with two of them because I love it. We've been trying to get dinner put together for months. I told him I'm going to have to book a fake estimate yeah. just to get him to come out like, yeah. so we can get him out because the guy stays working all the time. But we hope you guys enjoyed the show. We hope you'll tune in again next week. Y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>